Shakti and welcome to another episode of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I am your host and creator along with my beautiful business, Wild Woman Healing. Um, yay, we're back with another episode. Woohoo! So last week I missed an episode. Um, I did have the intention of putting one out, but I was following and respecting my energy. And honestly, I just did not feel like putting one out. And that's okay, right? Um, so here we are one week later and I'm putting one out. Um, this is going to be another fun episode because I'm interviewing another wild sister and healer named Shayna. Um, and I think you guys will really like this conversation. We had a, such a fun time just laughing and talking and oh my gosh, it, it was so fun having Shayna on. And one thing I really enjoy about this episode too is that it was just like really authentic. You'll see I edited some chunks out, but I did leave some in there that I just kind of thought were fun. And, you know, my whole business is surrounded on being authentic and you know not super polished and um just being real right so I'd feel like this episode definitely gives off those vibes um but of course before we get into the episode I wanted to share you know what's going on with me and some of my offerings um so I'm really excited starting next week Monday October 3rd Mean Girls Day yeah um Though there will be no Mean Girls vibes because it's all about creating sisterhood and community. I will be starting my first, this is going to be the first group, the first cohort um, for my Wild Woman Healing Academy course. Yay! Super, super excited for this, you guys. This is really for you if you're a visionary, wild woman, intuitive empath, you're looking to connect to a deeper part of yourself. Maybe you feel like you know, everything in your life is going well, you feel like you've gotten everything you wanted, but there's still like a part of you that's missing or you know what's missing, right? You know what you want to do, you know what next steps you want to take, but you're just afraid to do that, right? Like you're letting your beliefs, you're letting the stories that you have about yourself prevent you from moving forward and maybe you feel a bit stuck. Maybe you're just wanting to create more meaning in your life, right? Um, you know, you're just feeling disconnected from a lot of things. You're feeling disconnected from your wild and true self. You're wanting to express yourself on an, in an authentic way, whether it's on social media, through some of your creations and your projects, or maybe it's just with some of your relationships, right? This could be coworkers, clients, your partner, family and friends, um, but you have a lot of fears, so if any of those resonate with you, if, you know, a part of that calls to your soul, it's like, hell yeah, that speaks to me, then I invite you into this sacred space. So this will be two months long, eight weeks total. Um, we'll have four live sessions where you'll get to ask me questions. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about creating this, like I really want to create the live sessions as more of like experiential instead of me just like teaching and reading off slides. Right. Like I, I really like it when we can have conversations with one another, um, and it's more interactive. So that's the vibe I'm going with for now. Um, and this is also holistic. So we'll be doing meditations within the material and as well as in our live sessions, 
um, some breath work. I believe I'm going to do a yoga class um, within the course as well. So you're really going to get everything um, that I feel has been really important to me and um, has changed and transformed me and helped me to connect with my wild woman self as well. So some topics um, that are included in this are embodying and connecting with your wild woman self. And within this, I'll be teaching on the seven, seven habits of a wild and magical woman. Um, we'll be talking about the heroine's journey and your why. So why you join the program, why you want to be a part of this journey. What does it actually mean to be wild, right? This term gets thrown all around so much, but what does it actually mean to you? And how do you want to embody this? Um and then we'll also be having um, a module on human design energy centers, types, and authorities. Because this has been super, super transformational on my journey. Something that I just feel is um, super important to share with like all of humanity. So I decided to put it in because there was that nudge to do that. Um, so if you are curious too about like human design... I'm going to be teaching on, I feel, the most important aspects of human design. Um, and then we're also going to have a module on the archetypes of a wild woman and how they show up within you and your life. We're going to have a week. We'll also have a week on the masculine and the feminine. Y'all know how important that is to me. And I've talked about this topic a lot. And this is something that I've been really integrating in my life. And I'm still integrating and processing as I continue on my journey. Um, we're going to have a module of connecting with the land, connecting with the Aina, connecting with your spirit guides, the cycles of nature, seasons of your life, the elements, um, how to create ritual in your life. It's going to be amazing. And I really feel like this is such a beautiful way to connect with something that feels greater than you, right? Um, we'll have a week on sacred leadership. So how to be a leader in your life, what leadership really means to you, beliefs that you have about leadership and yourself as a leader and really stepping into that um, that power, right, of being a leader in your life, showing up for yourself in a way that feels really good to you. And what leadership means for the new paradigm, right? Like we can see how sometimes leadership can be a bit um, skewed and um, just not really beneficial for all of us so we're going to talk a little bit about like what we see for ourselves and like how this shows up and how we really want to um, become new leaders right for uh, this new paradigm we're moving into and then we're going to have a module on healing the sisterhood and witch wound and creating community because I really feel like it's important to have community, have sisterhood, have a space where we can all get together and just be with one another in our energy and have that supportive community. Especially, you know, when we're going through like transformational times, like it's just been so important for me to have other women, you know, that I can really lean on and can lean on me and that we can just be in each other's energy right like sisterhood is so important to me and um i know it's important to a lot of other women too so we're gonna dive into that as well um so you can sign up for that on my website um again 
So I'll be holding this and then it will go for two months and then I'll be having another one unless I decide to do multiple simultaneously. Um, but you have until um, this Sunday to sign up for this wonderful offering. We'll also have a group chat via Voxer in between our sessions. So you can get support um, and you can pay in full or you can do payment plans for this. So really excited about this offering, you guys. I'm even when I was reading off the topics, I'm like, man, this is going to be a great course. Like, I am so pumped. Um, so you can go onto my website and sign up for that. And then as always, I've got my one-on-one -on -one coaching program open. Still have some spots open. So if you want some high-level mentorship, if you want to connect with me one-on-one, -on -one, get that support, um, you know, feel capable of your vision, taking action on that vision without having fear or guilt of doing so, then this is for you, as well as my From Mundane to Magic Mastermind offering, which is a group program, and that's always open for enrollment. I've got some wonderful women already enrolled in this, and we're having such a great time, and I'm having a beautiful time each week creating even more content um, within this group to create even more magic and abundance and joy and peace and acceptance in your life right now while also working towards your goals and intentions that you have for yourself so you can go onto my website and fill out the apps for both of those okay without further ado enough of me blabbering on um, as I like to do um, we will introduce our lovely guest today Shana Cristillo I hope I pronounced that correctly, Shana. Sorry if I didn't. Um, so Shana has spent her existence since childhood dedicated to wellness, mind health, and human connection. From attending air therapy since three years old to running mindfulness trials and writing research papers in integrative medicine to most recently applying her yoga and Ayurveda studies to work in the Yoga Forest Retreat Center in Guatemala, Shana has never stopped expanding her love for self-help, growth, and development. I am a soul having a human experience, Shana says, and with that, encourages everyone to stretch outside their comfort zones to connect with the fullest expression of what it means to be alive. Today, she travels the world as a meditation and spiritual philosophy teacher, Ayurvedic wellness coach, and retreat facilitator. And you can also join her community for Tuesday night meditations every week from 9.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern. To be guided into bliss, try your first class free. Yeah. And namaste in love, y'all. Um, so if you want to connect more with her, of course, I'll have the links in the bio and then I'll have my links as well. And without further ado, we will get into our episode today. And... Also, I'll say to if you love this episode, if you love this podcast, please share it with a wild sister, another wild human, like, review, subscribe, all of the things, and stay wild. Welcome to the Wild Woman Healing Podcast, where we dive into the discussions and practices that guide you back to your wild and true self. I'm your host, Riley Hedberg, creator and vessel for my business and entity, Wild Woman Healing. Together, we partner to create community, connection, and opportunities that help you to release what doesn't serve you, upgrade your frequency, and expand the inherent wisdom within your heart. I am so grateful for your support, energy, and presence, as well as joining me on a journey in this podcast in rewilding yourself. Together, we will uncover the wisdom, creativity, 
and capabilities that already exist within you. Together, we will reclaim our right to stay wild. Wild, wild, wild. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the wild woman healing podcast i have another wonderful guest and her name is shayna welcome to the podcast shayna thanks riley thanks for having me this is really exciting (laughs) yeah i'm excited to have you and thank you so much for sitting down to talk with us so this is a question i ask all of my guests on the show um so how do you embody your wild woman self? Oh, love it. Starting it off with a banger. Um, <laughs> by being just totally unfiltered, as you can tell, <laughs> and raw and real and vulnerable and authentic. And whether that comes out wild woman in the form of not wearing a bra and not caring if you show some some shape or doing something a little out of the ordinary in public just because <laughs> you're confident in your own skin um it just comes out when you're your animalistic inner mm. jaguar is like rawr i'm playing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that And I definitely align and resonate with so much of what you said, not wearing a bra, doing whatever you want, just being wild and crazy and maybe that weirdo in public. I feel like like, if I want to do a cartwheel, even if it's not really the place to do a cartwheel, I'm just going to enjoy playing like just we're here to be kids kind of forever. So, yeah. That's literally what I was thinking. Like in my head, I was like, it's literally just like being a kid, right? Because kids can do whatever and exactly. nobody says anything, right? Everybody's like, nobody oh, that's fine. Them and they're like, oh, I want to get a third piece of chocolate cake. You're like, obviously you love chocolate cake. You know, maybe as an adult, you get judged if you do that. But you know what? I'm really enjoying it and I'm going to get a third. So I'll yeah. do a cartwheel over to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or like you can, yeah, you can say whatever you want as a kid, and people are like, yeah, that's just like what what a kid does, right? Like you can express yourself however you want. You can spend your time coloring and building a fort and playing out in nature, but then when you're an adult, if you're doing that, people are like, you're lazy and you're wasting your time. Like, what are you doing? You need to produce something worthwhile. It's just, it's wild, right? It's like, what is that? Then I was thinking, I'm like, where's that line where all of a sudden it's like you're a kid and then you're you have to like not be a kid anymore? I don't know. Yeah. Like when does that happen? It kind of blurs and eventually it's like a light switch. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, where was the gray zone when both were okay? And I could be taken really seriously and respected, and I could just give less fucks and enjoy. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a both and. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Both. And there definitely is. I feel like me, mine was like in college when I, um, yeah, like I was still, or I even thought of myself more as like a kid or like a youth. 
And, you know, I was like, well, it's fine if I, you know, do all these crazy things and make a bunch of mistakes because I'm still young and people still view me as young. But I'm also like an adult who has like a job and pays, you know, some of her bills. So to me, yeah, it was like, yeah, I wasn't paying all my bills at that time. My parents were still like paying some of my. So it was like, yeah, it was like that gradual like, okay, I'm still a kid, but then I'm also an adult. I don't know. It's so strange because I feel like, yeah, like I know in other societies, they have more of a like a symbolic ritual to like cross over that threshold of becoming. It's just like transitioning or moving into like that next phase. But for us, there's really I mean, there's like graduation of high school, but it's just kind of like I had a bat mitzvah, but I was definitely not an adult at 13. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What like what do you do for that? What is that? symbolize I don't really know the Torah you give like an actual uh portion kind of a sermon about the piece of Hebrew that you're talking about because people don't generally know how to translate but you teach a little lesson and you have kind of a social justice project that might go along with it so there's some adulty aspects but I think another thing that has to go with this conversation is calling yourself a girl or a lady or a woman yes oh my god yes all of them I don't want to lose any of those pieces like forever I want to be able to be respected as a woman and at the same time play like the girl that I am oh my god I love I love that. That's so important to remember and like so important, I think, for our listeners to remember, too. You know, it's funny. I had such a hard time calling myself a woman like it's it's only been in the past year or so that I would like referred to myself as a woman before. I was always like, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. Uh And I don't consider myself a woman at all. Like I just see myself as like this young girl who is just like bebopping around the world and doesn't really know what's going on. And I think I was afraid to like claim that part of myself, even though I was like 26 years old. So technically, yeah, I am considered a woman. Right. But internally, I didn't feel like one or I was just like afraid of that because I was like, what does that mean if I'm a woman? Like, do I have to leave behind being a girl? But I love what you said. Right. It's like we can have it all like we don't have to give something up to just become something else we can be all of it which I think is really beautiful I think another piece you mentioned was about making mistakes and how it's sort of socially norm vibes used to be acceptable to make mistakes and at this point you're supposed to have figured it out or supposedly no but I think my favorite teaching of one of my yoga teachers was that you make mistakes forever And you do them on purpose and gracefully and to learn and to grow and to see them as an opportunity for your growth. And there's never a time, even when you're 80 years old and full of this juicy wisdom, um, that you don't benefit from making those mistakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it's so true. And 
I remember like it's so funny because like that's how like adults right are supposed to be like they're supposed to have everything figured out and never make mistakes um and I remember being a kid and like looking at people who are my age and being like wow that person must have it together like they're an adult they know what's going on and now I'm here and I'm like wow nobody has anything (laughs) figured out they're all just faking it like we're all just figuring it out as we go and I feel Liars. like I wish like what we're doing right now like actually expressing that and saying the truth because I feel like if people actually express that and we're like oh I actually don't really know what I'm doing or you know I'm just figuring it out as I go or like I make mistakes and it's okay um you know like that's what life is about like if parents taught their children that or like if teachers taught students okay? that way great yeah like we all look at like failure as like a bad thing right like if you get an f on a test or like below a certain percentage then ultimately you're not considered smart or you're like a loser but it's just like there's first of all I feel like there's multiple intelligences and like the school system doesn't fit at everybody um I feel like I'm about to go off on a tangent on school but I won't go there um but yeah like failure is is necessary like that's how we learn and we grow and if we don't fail then I just feel like one we're not really challenging ourselves enough probably but then we're not really learning anything in this Mm -hmm. school of life yeah make mistakes often and gracefully that is how we learn Mm. is that your quote and no, it's my That's teacher. The teacher. <laughs> okay. I was thinking, but I was like, well, maybe you made up your own. <laughs> <laughs> That's my teacher in Mexico. And mm. he's a nice um, 70-year-old man. He does his headstands. He's so inspiring and impressive and has a lot of wisdom. And he says, maybe you think I know everything and I still love to gracefully make mistakes. Um And another thing I wanted to say was eliminating the word should from the language. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as it should be this way or that way. It just is. There Mm -hmm. is no good or bad. It just exists. It's just another experience. It's part of this duality. Something going to happen on this end of the spectrum, black and white, masculine and feminine energy, the, the darkness of the night and the brightness of the daylight. They're just they just are Mm -hmm. yes I love that and that's something I've been trying to eliminate from my vocabulary is should shouldn't have um Mm -hmm. and that's something I teach my clients too because it really takes your power away when you know we think I should I should be acting this way I should have done that differently and usually what comes Mm -hmm. after should is like feeling shameful about our actions or like Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, oh, I should have done, I should have said that thing. I'm really angry at myself that I didn't do that. Or I should have handled that in a different way. I feel like a bad person now. Um, I totally agree with eliminating have because it's taking away the gratitude of all the things that you get to do because you're alive, having a human experience, even the really grounding things like taxes you get to have that experience (laughs) it's so so true yeah no and I love that 
some in when I can remember to do that and say I get to do this. I actually just did this with a friend. I was like, I can't go to the beach with you today because I get to write a paper for my graduate program. And I could have been like, I have to do that. And I would have felt so much different about the situation if I would have said have versus I get to. Because when I said I get to, I felt more empowered. I was like, I get to do this cool thing, right? I get to learn more about, it was spiral dynamics, the system of spiral dynamics and um, yeah, write this paper and just learn more. So I I love that. And I think that that's so true. Um, so one thing I kind of wanted to ask you about, Chena, is like your story. Um, because I know like a little bit about it. Um, Shane and I are in the same mastermind together. That's how we met. Um, like you've talked about it a little, but I don't really know it. And most of our listeners won't either. So I'm curious if you kind of want to share um, a little yeah. bit about that. Where to start on my story? <laughs> well, as we were speaking about duality, I was presenced to the fact that I have experienced these total opposite end of the spectrum forms of life. And I think that I kind of started out on something that felt like a really direct path, working in a hospital after I graduated from college and being a quote unquote professional in this sense of the work with doctors and research publications. And at some point, this part of my existence had a big swing in the pendulum. And I ended up being in the jungle and teaching yoga and having a very fully different experience of life that was equally as important to learn in both ends. What are the aspects I really enjoy and don't? And so the story kind of brought me to trust whatever my intuition was telling me about how to be fully alive and embodied in my truest, highest aligned self in the moment. Um, and it brought me from that research role into a spiritual guide. So I've always loved helping people with their wellness journey. I love Ayurveda and yoga and philosophy of all different sorts. So I guess that's kind of my story. Now I put them all together, the Western and the Eastern and the energy and the spirituality to just help people do the same thing that I was able to experience myself, which is that wild, authentic, raw, real version of me without being afraid of what people would think. Mm. Mm, I love that. And I love too what you said about like, you know, having the kind of like the Western and the Eastern um, like healing modalities, like you really dove into both of those and to me, it feels like you're kind of like a bridge between both of those because I feel like with the dualism, it's like the either or, right? Like most of us think, oh, it's either or like I can only, you know, be this way or this way or believe in this system or this system, but I can't do both. But I really feel like there is some magic and some healing that comes from 
bringing both together, right? Bringing it all together. Um, and I love that you, um, yeah, are that bridge because I think that's so important. So many people now are just like either Western medicine sucks or, you know, Eastern holistic medicine is just crackpot kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I kind of feel like I need this broad experience of graduating from Brandeis University and working in Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and Brigham and Women's Hospital and Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and going to the yoga forest in Guatemala and an ashram in Mexico to attract the total broad range of people that exist into trusting this kind of space as a bridge um, and seeing the kind of two sides I feel like this pendulum is finding its center now mm. to to really fill out the balance of the extremes and it means bringing the pieces together just like a bridge mm. bridging it all braiding it braiding it braiding it. <laughs> oh, I love that that's so beautiful so one question that I had too when you were telling your story is like so yeah the pendulum was on one side then it swung to the seemingly opposite side um so what was like that transitional point where you were like I'm gonna go leave like the hospitals or wherever you were working and then I'm gonna go teach yoga in the jungle um it was a series of what I might call signs from the universe that looked like really intense synchronicities that they just, they must have a meaning that I, I need to listen to this greater guidance telling me about what's happening in my path. I started teaching yoga while I was still working at the hospital and living in Boston. And then I broke my wrist and I made it to mean a lot of things. Um, but it was the series of some cutting and breaking and just sort of ending. Mm. And I feel so grateful reflecting back to this moment because when I left the hospital position, I was actually given an opportunity to be promoted or to end my position. And I had a conversation with the position that I worked under and she's advised many people. So she said, I'm putting on my boss hat and I'm like, hey, we need someone to step up in this role and coordinate X, Y, and Z you have the experience and this is the the job. And then I'm going to put on like a mentor hat. I don't think you actually want it. I was <laughs> like, whoa, I didn't even give myself permission to think that. But you're right. <laughs> whoa. So yeah, from the universe that I had that kind of message in that very important moment that I really gave it my all. I went on that path and gave gave it the good old college try. Is that the <laughs> saying? Yeah, it's a what saying. What is it? Yeah, no, I think that's a yeah. saying. Gave it the good old, yeah. Gave it the good old college try. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> I went fully down that path and then I just like hit that wall and turned around and went, 
all the way into the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) I just picture you like bouncing off the wall (laughs) and then slingshotting. Oops, I just slingshotting to the jungle. (laughs) My phone gives the memories of on this date, you were doing X, Y, Z. And it'll say, you know, two years ago at this time, I'm waking up in a mansion in Back Bay that I was the house parent of with my my partner that we were um, mentors for MIT PhD students. And then fast forward to this year, it's me waking up next to a scorpion and <laughs> <laughs> you know, go brush my teeth with, I don't know, the, the, the lake outside. So really, polar extreme experiences and I realized that those places aren't sustainable Mm. because in one direction I felt too suffocated by how boxed an office environment made me feel and then in the more freeing uh, version I actually didn't like having that lack of structure after a while because Mm. I couldn't find myself I got lost in all of the fun of the travel sometimes and I felt unsafe at points when I used to appreciate the animals that I was surrounded by I started to be a little done with that so I'm Mm. finding the middle point now where I get to have this balance of some structure, some freedom. Uh, really, that's what I've learned so far about life is that you need to come back to your center, come back mm. to balance, whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so true. And that's like definitely something that I've had to navigate and find my way towards. And I'm sure everybody that's listening can totally relate to that. Um, I'm curious how or in like what ways do you, do you find your balance or kind of connect back to your center when things in life are just sometimes quite chaotic as they tend to be for a lot of us. (laughs) (laughs) I think that question is going to be answered with an it depends it's hard to say there's one thing I necessarily do, but it would be based on the scenario that I'm in. I'm going to answer this Ayurvedically. So in Ayurveda, they talk a lot about doshas, your individual unique constitution of the elements. So we're all made up of, we got fire and air and ether. We have all these elements in us and There's more, sorry. I just got excited. (laughs) But the way that Ayurveda works is it talks about where are you vitiated at the moment? So say I'm traveling, there's going to be this sort of agitation to the air element because there's extra movement. There's extra air movement. So in order to bring balance in that scenario, you have to bring in the opposite quality of this light movement, which is some stable groundedness. 
So when I'm traveling, things that are really important for me to stay with the opposite energy of that vitiated air are, are the earthy things. So I keep my routine really strictly in terms of my hygiene and my, I kind of, I call it like self sadhana practice where at the same time, every night I would like to be reading or doing some self massage because that helps my body stay in routine and that's grounding. Mm. Or maybe I have to wear some fuzzy socks and a a weighted blanket because those are some earthy, cozy, warm, actually heavy things to balance out the super light, airy, fluttery travel uh, element experiences. So that's how I'm going to answer the question is, is bringing in the opposite of the element that you're experiencing too much of. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. That, I mean, that makes the qualities of, yeah. of these elements. That makes so much sense to me. Um, and I'm a lot of Vada. Like I remember I took like a quiz once and it didn't surprise me, but I was like almost a hundred percent quality of the Vada. And I was like, so definitely a lot of grounding is super important for me I can totally relate to that even what you were saying about the way to blanket I'm like oh my god that sounds so (laughs) nice and exactly what I need yeah people have told me I should actually get one of those um so maybe I should I know it actually naturally melatonin release helps your dreams Mm. and that great REM state Mm. Mm. (laughs) no rem makes sense i think dreams come after rem but i could be wrong about that um anyways um (laughs) blooper Yeah, I should actually um, just make like a bloopers reel of like all of my podcast things that I have. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I can edit some of that out. (laughs) But I I also wanted to ask. Our silliness. Yeah, no, it's kind of fun, actually. Right? It's like more authentic. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe I'll leave it in. Um, So you already got into it. This was something I was going to ask you about. Um, But your Ayurveda journey, because we haven't had someone on the show that's talked about this. Um, So I'm curious, like, how you got into it. I know you've explained it a little bit, but, you know, a little bit what it is. So somebody, like one of our listeners who has no idea, um, can kind of have, like, a little bit of a sense um so yeah Yeah. if you are interested you should come to my intro to ayurveda workshop yeah (laughs) but let's hear the rundown so it's essentially the science part of yoga so think traditional chinese medicine but what ancient medicine advice from india was talking about and people in india today are still ayurvedic doctors so you can be a 
a practitioner the way you would think of a Western doctor, but with this style of uh, philosophy. And it's based on the elements, the idea that, like I mentioned, we're made up of fire. So what does that mean? Uh, just for an example, it's our digestion. It's our ability to take in things through the five senses and digest because all we're doing with all of our senses is bringing information in and we have to transmute and transform it. And that is your flame. It's just incinerating. So there's a big difference between waking up in that jungle and seeing the lush green and waking up on a 10th floor of a New York apartment and seeing a lot of concrete. That's something for your eyes to digest. Mm -hmm. It's with all of your five senses, not just taste, which is the one that's pretty obvious, but mm -hmm. your ears, you know, you hear some birds chirping or you hear this like intense metal rock concert, very different fire that it takes in you to transform and digest and transmute. Um, so that's just an example of what it means that we have an element in our being. So mm. we all have the elements in different constitutions. And then the idea is just to understand your unique one. And when it's out of balance, how you bring it back is by looking at the opposite quality to come back to your center. And I really love that it's like individual medicine because a lot of Western medicine kind of takes a symptom or an experience that someone might have as a sickness and generalizes, okay, you know, you have a cold, this is what we do, here's the medication. But in Ayurveda, it looks at, okay, what is the individual experiencing and not based on anyone else, but what is the root cause for them of this experience? And how do we treat not the symptom, but the root cause mm. and just on the individual, not the general medical knowledge level. Mm. So that's my overview. <laughs> <laughs> Any follow-up questions? Well, so I know that there's like three doshas, right? I read a book once on Ayurveda. There's like Vada, Pitta, and Kapha, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you said all of us are like one of them or like we have more we or something? all have all of them. We have all. Just okay. in different. Oh, okay. So we have all five elements, <laughs> fire, water, earth, air, and ether or space. I just want to give space. one extra of ether space so mm -hmm. someone explained it to me it's like when you have a bowl to make your brownies and you put in your eggs you put in your oil you put in your brownie mix those are metaphorically like you're adding the ether you're adding the you're adding the earth you're adding <laughs> the fire you're adding the water element and if you fill the bowl to the top, how are you going to mix the ingredients? You can't. You need some space in mm. order to combine all of them. So Whoa. for the longest time, I didn't understand, like, what is ether? And then I was like, oh, it's the container to hold all the other elements so they can combine and interact. Mm. So I just wanted to share that. 
I love and that. Yeah. What an analogy. The, I know. <laughs> the doshas are a combination of the elements. So vata, pitta, and kapha each have two main elements that they're comprised of. No matter who you are as a person, you have all five elements in you. You have them in different. Like when you're, are you just kind of like born with having like more oh. of one element? Yeah. And then can that change as you continue to grow? Or is it just kind of like more of like your makeup? Yeah. So there's your vakriti and your property. So one of them is what is your your structure that's that's you that's what Riley was born with and the other one is where are we at today Riley mm -hmm. is in Hawaii and she has x y and z scenarios in her life so what does that mean for her individual being in terms of what balances for her mm -hmm. because there's an sense. interplay of all other elements in the current scenario there's also, you mentioned, does it change throughout your life? There's kind of an energy we have at different times of our life. So depending on if you're a child, adolescent, or, or older age, you have a natural um, increase of certain elements. Mm -hmm. For example, children are usually boppity. So there's, there's a little more something there. Older people are generally slowing down. Mm -hmm. So it's a different quality. So it's, it's very intuitive, but naturally throughout the life, we have a different, most present uh, dosha. The seasons also have doshic qualities to them. Winter is slower, you know, it's mm. very intuitive. The time of the day on the clock, they all have pieces of the elements that are more present. For example, high noon. It's very pitta time. Pitta is, is, is the most fire. So it, it's related to the sun, which is related to your fire. So that that point, you can digest the easiest. So you want to have your biggest meal around when the sun is there to support your fire, to transmit oh. and transform. Whoa. Oh, my God. So it's super cool. It's related yeah, to that is. from the time of the day, the time of your life, your individual experience relating to other elements, um, what you're born with. It's Ayurveda's life. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And I actually, love that's what it means. Oh, so really? Vedas, yeah. I mean, wisdom and Ayur is science. So it's the wisdom of science of life. Wow. Oh my God. I love that. Ayur is life. Higher is life. Sorry, it's the wisdom of life. Higher is life. The wisdom of life. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. So how does Ayurveda like help people? I mean, you've already kind of explained that, but like when people come to you or for instance, you can explain it from your perspective, like when you came to study the system or, um, you know, learn from somebody else. Um, how has it like helped you or how have you experienced it helping others? Mm. In such a broad range of ways from physical 
having to do with there's a lot of diet things that you can work with to having clients that want to work on their mindset and using the same concept of finding your center and your balance so a lot of the philosophy of Ayurveda can be applied to to anything um, so that you can help people work with, like I mentioned, the extremes are in a sustainable place. So you want to find your center, which is where you can live your aligned truth to be your raw, real, natural, wild self. And it's harder to do that from a place of one of the, the sides. So another concept of, of like the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, is like you're walking the center, this tightrope mm -hmm. line. So maybe in a lot of experiences of life, you are feeling extremes, but the idea is that eventually you're able to witness them rather than be attached mm. to them mm. so ayurveda is helping you find back that tightrope line that you're walking and mm. mindfulness is helping you observe the things happening on either side mm. mm -hmm. yeah wow i love i also love that like metaphor too or just like visualization of walking that type tightrope Cause that's so true. Mm -hmm. And then so many times we get like knocked off by something, but yeah, if we can just be detached and release that, like having to be attached to like our experience or like how things should be, there goes the shit again. Mm -hmm. um, then yeah, I definitely feel like we're able to like stay in that balanced state or just, yeah, be that witness instead of getting so caught up in like, I really feel like it's the a matter of just poster. what? <laughs> You said caught up and I said in the roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. The ups and the downs. Or exactly. I guess I think about like waves too. There's like a bunch of like, because I'm by the ocean, just like so many waves and it's like, wow, just getting pummeled by them. Because that's real life. Learning how to ride the wave. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Got to ride that wave. Um, and witness the ocean. Yeah. But so many times I think we get caught up in being the ocean, right? We're like, oh. Yeah. I'm this ocean. We get lost in the tsunami. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Just a big wave. Yeah. I love our metaphors today. I know, me too. I'm like, whoa, these are good. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think you guys are gonna like them, listeners. Um so yeah, I definitely I love that. And yeah, because you know, for me, I think about like my personal experience, like whenever I'm more in like a balanced way of being. And I think about this a lot with like my masculine and my feminine because I've had such a trouble with these two. Even recently, I've just been so much more in my masculine. So I'm like, okay, I need to come back and come into balance now. And I feel so much better, just like less anxious, more calm, more present, just like open to life instead of like closed off. And so that's what I really feel like balance is about. It's just feeling that harmony within and not fighting our experience and just realizing like, oh, you know, like I can be this witness. I don't have to listen to all of my thoughts. I don't have to like be the ocean, right? I don't have to be that big ass tsunami wave. <laughs> um, 
I can just see it for what it is and let it go. So that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe something happens in life, like a, a death that you need to grieve or something more extreme that does feel like that tsunami. The idea is just to actually be with it rather than get, like you said, tumbling around inside it. You're just present as you witness all of the things that come up, all the seaweed that you're tangled in, <laughs> you're, you're, you're observing it all and you're there for it. <laughs> yeah, the seaweed, the coral. Exactly. The reefs, the rocks. Yeah, you're just a witness. The sand. Yeah. Presence is definitely a big thing. And um, I'm curious, like, how... You've kind of already said this a little bit, but like how you've been able to be more of like a witness in your life or just be present to, you know, whatever you're feeling, whatever's coming up, um, like what has worked for you on your journey so far? Yeah. Mindfulness has been a long best friend of mine that I continue to learn so much from. It was explained to me once as, you know, those lines. I, I love to rollerblade. So my God, me too. Yeah. I love rollerblading. Roller mm -hmm. When you do it on the sidewalk and there's those lines that are like, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe when you're in the beginning of, of a mindfulness practice, you're ka-ching, 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 ka-ching for like a whole mile. And the more you practice, it's so that you come back to the present moment after only half a mile. And then, so I feel like it's been this journey of leaving my autopilot or kind of habitual state of mind that might not actually be aware of what's happening to more quicker coming into full aware presence so that now the rollerblade is like every ka-ching is like, oh, I'm rollerblading now rather than ching 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 Oh yeah, I just got lost in this thought, but I felt that bump and now I'm back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that metaphor too. Honestly, that one, that is great. And that's, I think that's such a great way to convey that. Um, because yeah, it really is like you get lost in your thoughts and then that can spiral and then you can create a story and not even know like, oh my God, I'm here. Like I'm in this tsunami right now. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? Like that doesn't have to be your experience if you don't want it to be. Like you were saying, you can, you know, hit that first bump instead of it being like 20 bumps down the line and be like, oh, this is what's actually happening. Like, I don't have to be a part of this if I don't want to. And I feel like, like you were saying, like it does take practice. Like it's a journey, you know? Um, so I think that's something that you, you know, who's ever listening um, can be reminded of like, yeah, maybe you'll, you know, wake up tomorrow and be like, I feel super mindful and I'm a mindful guru. But sometimes it takes practice and sometimes it's, some days are harder, right? To be like an observer of the experience, depending what's going on in your life. 
And then some days, you know, you feel like, wow, everything is easy and I'm catching all those bumps right away. Um, <laughs> we can all get lost in the sauce though. But yeah, I definitely even, do. Even this meditation teacher. <laughs> yeah, I I get lost in my thoughts too, definitely. It happens It happens to all of us. Um, but like what, what has really supported you in um, your like your journey to being more mindful to just being on this path of like healing yourself and helping, you know, heal others in whatever way that you're doing. So. I think the most profound mindful practice that I do would be meditation, which I hated by the way I studied the first yoga practice was Ashtanga, which is like, the most intense yeah. yoga you can do for warriors and it's very masculine. That was like the last one I did. <laughs> it has no ahimsa. Ahimsa is like self-kindness. Basically it's like <laughs> the most injuries in this kind of yoga, but I love it because I feel strong and empowered and capable. But at the same time, I remember during that practice, my teacher saying, Oh, um, you should just meditate. And I'm like, no, I want to move and push my body and feel flexible and strong. And so she really encouraged me to connect to my breath. And I also disliked pranayama because it was too hard for me. But after working on it for a few years, I now love it and I teach it and I think that teaching for me is the thing that most forces me to really embody that mindful aspect or that state of presence because I need to transmit that energy to the people almost as a channel or else they are not gonna feel it if I'm hectically guiding they're going to receive that mm. so in order for me to teach I'm like I'm not just doing this for myself because if it's for me I'll, I'll sometimes be halfway through I should be I wanted to meditate for 30 minutes and oops I'm on my phone now but if I'm guiding it I'm there I am fully present I'm doing this for the greater good of of this energy for other people and so I think that's what right now helps me the most with really focusing and taking seriously my meditation practice. Mm -hmm. That's funny because I never would have guessed that you didn't like um, breathwork or pranayama. Knowing you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sitting in stillness, being quiet used to be very scary and hard for me. And now I have learned so much from darkness, aloneness. And it's it's really the fear of the unknown that you're encountering in those spaces, even holding an exhale that you're you're you feel like oh, I need to gasp for the next. It's all the mm. same energy mm -hmm. so it's helped me not just when I'm doing a breathwork practice but when I have to 
walk the dog really late at night that I'm dog sitting and I'm like oh my gosh it's pitch black what if a jaguar comes out on me <laughs> jungle you know and the jungle oh, yeah, I guess, okay I was, I was like, like okay I forgot the, uh, I'm like where the heck would a jaguar day, be there they're there in the day but you're not scared because you're like oh I can see them whoa that's crazy wow I did not know that you were around jaguars Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're just using that as another metaphor, but I'm like, oh, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. The jaguar metaphor was about being raw and yeah, and wild. Yeah. And another archetype of that is the rose. We learned about that in our in our Shakti school yesterday about this feminine visual of a, a blossoming rose mm. and it's kind of like your yoni mm-hmm. we're talking about kundalini energy and kunda is a bowl or this vessel and it's it's basically our womb where we birth that kind of energy from mm. and I don't know where I started but <laughs> there's another teaching for you <laughs> I'm just so excited to share things that they somehow find their way out. Well, I always say a a little like uh, prayer or something before. It's like whatever needs to come through will come through. So obviously that needed to be said. Um, But yeah, I think it was just like using metaphors or like symbols to kind of connect us to something even deeper um, or make meaning of our experience. I think that's kind of what where you were going with that um but I love that visual of the rose and there's so many places where you can find the yoni in nature right fruit mm-hmm. trees I see it all the time in tree trunks literally all the time it's so cool I love the fruit thing they're just juicy and squirting and <laughs> like I don't know they're they're so gorgeous yeah they yeah they definitely are yeah Okay, um, so I want to give you a few minutes to share about your offerings, a little bit about what you do, and then how people can connect with you. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah. I love working with people on Ayurveda consulting and coaching about their mindset and this idea of, you know, finding your balance and finding your empowered, most highly aligned self. I teach yoga in person sometimes in Boston. Maybe you'll find me around the world as I travel. (laughs) I do meditation every Tuesday night. It's free for your first one. So just come check it out. Even if you hate meditating, you might even get something out of it. (laughs) I love just offering teaching classes similar to some of the concepts I shared today. So I have an intro to Ayurveda. I want to do some yogic philosophy of the yamas and the niyamas, which are these principles about how to live your life from a yogic perspective. So I'm really excited to start offering more, more classes online. And I also do a lot of Ayurvedic massage and energy work and 
have hosted a retreat. I'm going to do a spiritual trip in Israel in January. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So who knows what's coming up? The, uh, the good old turn house, but <laughs> stay those... tuned. We'd love to join journeys and yeah. All those offerings sound so beautiful, Shana. And I will say to you, especially like, and for meditation like there's something to say about being in a group too um mm -hmm. I feel like and especially if, maybe if you're a little hesitant or it's your first time I I just find like being in group space spaces um can kind of help me to get deeper into it and it's cool because you kind of I I've been to one of Shana's meditations before and she kind of allows us to share our experience and then you can listen to other people um in their experience or perspective as well um which i think is really cool um yeah so yay have you in the community and the links to connect with shana via her website or social media will be in the show notes um and i just want to say special thanks to you Sh shana for being on the show today so many S words in a row. That was a lot. Shana <laughs> uh, Sanctuary. SS. That's why I made it that. I love alliteration. That's so do I. I think alliteration is great. Well, Shana Sanctuary. Creating a sanctuary in your life, in your body, in your home, in your rituals and routine. It's all, it's all a sanctuary. Mm. This space you created in your podcast. Mm. It's sacred. So... Mm held in this beautiful energy so thank you for sanctuarizing this space this Ooh. energy yeah you're so welcome and thank you for being on the show this was such a fun conversation and for all you listeners thank you again for tuning in and i hope you guys have a beautiful morning afternoon evening or night wherever you are and stay wild